He Shoots, He Draws podcast is sponsored by Westcott in association with JP Distribution. Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws with myself, Dave Clayton, and my co-host, the man with the beard, <laughs> Hello, mate. <laughs> and we got a very special episode this week because we've got an interview that we mentioned last week that uh, we had lined up. Well, it's been lined up for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, this is the one with uh, Aaron Blaze, our other brother, recorded this on the final morning before we left his house to go to Photoshop World over in Orlando. So we'd spent a few days there hanging out. Uh, great time. So, yeah, we managed to get in, sat down on the sofas. Three guys just chatting about all kinds of stuff could have gone a lot longer yeah easily but um, don't forget to listen out there's a special little guest popped up halfway through the interview certainly did so dave without further ado aaron who are you well let me tell you (laughs) that's a big question um but let me tell you in a a very short phrase no i am i i've always wanted to be an artist um I grew up drawing and painting. My family always, you know, from the time I was five years old, they said, hey, you're going to be an artist. And I've pursued it my entire life. And uh, out of college, I started with Walt Disney Feature Animation, where I was there for 21 years. And I worked on films like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, Pocahontas, The Lion King, Mulan. I directed a film called Brother Bear. During that time, I was also an animator, character designer, um, uh, and also alongside that career that I've had, I've also been an animal painter. I've always been fascinated by wildlife, nature, uh, all of that. And um, so a big part of my life is actually going out uh, into the world and you know, chasing wildlife, photographing, drawing from life, all that kind of thing. Uh, I left Disney uh, back in 2010 uh, and started my own career. And so now I have a website called creatureartteacher.com where I teach and I'm teaching animation, I'm teaching drawing, I'm teaching design, um, teaching animal drawing, anatomy, a whole bunch of different uh, subjects, um, all that are all kind of part of my past. All of, you know, all of these different subjects are things that I've done in some capacity in the past and in, in, in my various jobs that I've had within the art world. Mm-hmm. Now we we uh, we got to know each other. There's yourself, Dave, and me. We all got to kind of get to know each other through. Oh, I guess it was Kelby one, the Photoshop World type of thing, wasn't yeah, it? it was Corey yeah. Barker at Photoshop World. It's kind of. I remember we sat down one night, and uh, Aaron came and sat down with us, and we just started chatting. And you you'd obviously knew. I think you you knew Corey, Corey Barker. Corey you'd both been us. to Ringling, didn't yeah. you? But not at the same time. Right. And um, and Corey kind of got you to come along and do Photoshop World. And, yeah. Yeah, and that was what? Was that five years ago or four years ago? No, I don't know. Was it five? 2013. 2013. Yeah, it's about four. I know. (laughs) It goes by fast, man. How fast it's gone. (laughs) But what's great is that we've kind of developed a a friendship now, whereas we, you know, for those who are listening, we are sat in Aaron's lounge in his house in Deland in Florida. Um, Thought we kind of, this is how we do the podcast, nice in person sort of thing. So, um, just before we move on to this kind of stuff that we really do want to talk about, your Creature Art Teacher website. Um, so just so everyone knows, what is it? That's not your, your hub for everything. It is my hub. Yeah, I, I, I'll back up just a little bit, just to tell you a little bit about the, the inspiration behind it. I left Disney 2010. Uh, I was in Los Angeles at the time. I came back to Florida. I was working for another company directing a film there, but that company unfortunately went bankrupt. And so, uh, back in 2012, 13 ish. Um, I really, I decided that I didn't really want to go back to the the studio world anymore. I didn't want executives dictating the course of my life anymore. Mm. And so I, I've been really inspired by several people in my life. My, my wife, Karen, uh, who I lost back in 2007, she was a very strong person and I wanted to do something I knew would make her proud. And then there was also a guy that back in my early, in my career, Glenn Keane, uh, who is probably one of the best contemporary animators in the world today. He just got the Oscar, for, the Oscar yeah, for Deer Basketball with uh, Kobe Bryant. 
And he was my mentor. He taught me animation and he shared so much with me um, as I came up, you know, through my career. Not just not just when I was learning animation, when he taught me the basics there, but, you know, on Beauty and the Beast, he was the supervising animator of the Beast and he brought me on to help animate the Beast. He gave me a huge break in my career. And so I was sitting there one day, I remember sitting on my back porch having coffee and thinking, you know, what can I do with the rest of my life? And I started thinking about this age that we live in, how we, you know, we have the ability to share information on a global scale. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and those two people, my wife and uh, Karen and Glenn kind of popped into my head. Uh, and I thought, wait a minute, I can, I can share my experiences. And, oh, and the other thing too, that really bugs me is the cost of art schools, the cost of college, yeah. private colleges. For, the, for those who don't know then, so how much would you be talking for a term? Well, I know, like, for instance, I went to Ringling College of Art and Design. Uh, when I went there in 1986, from 1986 to 1989, uh, it was $8,000 a year. And this is the feeder college for Disney? It is now. Back then, it was not. Okay. Yeah, back then, I, I, major, I didn't major in illustration. I majored, I majored in illustration, didn't major in animation. Right. They didn't have an animation program. Yeah. Now, so keep in mind, so it was $8,000 a year then. Now it's $67,000 a year. 67000 That to me is criminal. It's crazy. So, so what, what would the ages be of somebody going to Ringling then? So, Well, it's a four-year school now. It was three years when I was there. But they would start at age 18 and they'd come out at age 22 and potentially be $100,000, $200,000 in debt at age 22. Yeah. Or their parents are adding that much yeah, more. Yeah. Um, given the change in animation and now computer and digital animation, right. is what what is that school preparing these kids for? What, what they are they get, I, I they think, I think Ringling, uh, they are preparing them to do the job, and they and Ringling does put out really good students. They do, yeah. um, they're regularly winning student Oscars and um, their films are getting into festivals. They, they're turning out a lot of generalists, meaning they can do a lot of different jobs, which is good for the industry because a lot of these kids will come out and um, if, they, if the job they're looking for is not available, they can go off and do something else and kind of work, you know, from, work at different yeah. avenues. So that part of it's good. But at the same time, I think the market's... F- somewhat saturated to to at least take on the number of kids that are coming out with a debt that high that's the thing these kids need high paying jobs right away you know we're we're bankrupting a generation before they ever get started that's what that's a whole other conversation but um but anyway so that that combined with you know glenn and karen and um i just wanted to do something good and i never i've never intended to be a a substitute for college. I can't yeah. do that. But I at least wanted to be a really affordable supplement. Yeah. And what we've done with my business partner, Nick Birch, we really looked at it on a global scale and we looked at the lowest common economic denominator yeah. around the world. Who who are some of the poorest countries? Who are some of the lower income areas that we can price this toward and everyone can so that everyone can afford yeah. it? You know, most of everything we create are digital goods. They're lessons that you can download. So um, we don't have a lot, of, we don't have physical goods. So our overhead is low. We can keep our overhead low and we can provide services. We can provide training um, from, you know, people that have been actually in the industry for, you know, for me, 30 years. And we have several other people that we, we represent on our site as well. And they can get, you know, top-notch training for... Yeah very little money and that's that was that's been our inspiration so we've been doing that for the last five years now so you've come in or seven six years you so you went into that from being having that career is because i know like i've come into teaching late in my life yeah and being able to share your experience and teach it yeah. is is a big challenge for people so if, did you just think i can slip into that quite i know how to because telling like we've been to places where you get someone come up on stage and they show you this is how good I am but actually showing someone this is how to do it is a much different step so is that something you just felt naturally was their way in you know for a long time probably for half my career at Disney I was in a leadership position so the first half I was building up learning building up learning uh, working under 
different people. And then at a certain point, I switched over and I became yeah. a leader, you know, within the, anima with the, the, uh, the animation department. And then I went on to become a director. And what you have to do as a leader, especially in an environment like that, um, you know, our language is visual. Yeah. So we don't, trying to explain something verbally um, doesn't always work. And so I really made it a habit to show what I'm talking about and then compound that with verbal instruction. Yeah. And so, and then as a director, I just, you're doing it, you know, every day. I had, I had on average, we counted, we counted them up. We had on average about 13 meetings a day and that's with every department you know and so you're constantly talking about what's in your head how to get that you know do you understand you know all that sort of thing and i think it was it was really good preparation for me to do what i'm doing now because the teaching part of it comes pretty naturally yeah. what one of the things um and it's to do with the teaching side of it we talked about this i think it was the first evening we were here this week mm -hmm. was you mentioned about personality we yeah. were, we're gonna have a big old chat about youtube and teaching and how every i was kind of saying how there are so many channels now certainly teaching photoshops type of stuff not yours because yours is a very kind of it's very unique kind of niche yeah. isn't it kind of thing. yeah well it's it's unique for you it's pretty common for my yeah, branch. Yeah. yeah, but the the thing that you mentioned, which really kind of stuck with me, was because I, I was kind of saying that I'm going through a bit of a period. I'm thinking I need to change the way my YouTube channel is going and what I'm teaching, and I want to kind of refresh it. And uh, one thing you mentioned, and I want you to kind of just kind of elaborate on this, was you said how important it is to have your personality. That's one of the yeah. biggest things, not necessarily what you're teaching, yeah. but to get your personality across in things like YouTube and whatever. What 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 do you mean by that? Well. Uh, there's so many videos out there that are just so, they get the information out, but it's incredibly dull. You're going to fall asleep watching it. People are nervous. And it really is, people will react better when you're relaxed and you are just who you are and you can be natural. They just, they learn easier. They feel more relaxed. You're going to keep them, you're going to hold their attention. Even if you're doing it on video, you're going to hold their attention more. And, and if you're, if you're not a jerk, <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it, if you're a good guy or person and you just want to share this stuff and it comes across, more and more people will come and they want to listen. And that's our goal. I really, I have a lot to say before I kick off in the world, you know. I think, I think people can tell yeah. when you are genuinely wanting to share stuff. I mean, yeah. we, we you know over the last five years or however long it is, we've become... Uh, closer friends and we know me and Dave were talking about this morning when we went out for a coffee that you are a very giving person in every aspect that we see in your oh, life do you know what I mean and that comes across in your videos but I think it's I think it's fair to say that you can tell from the channels that you watch and the videos you watch the motivation behind some people why they're doing stuff yeah, yeah. obviously I mean, we know that you're doing it because it helps as we all do to help to promote your own stuff right but you are doing it because you generally want to do it. I do I want to do it I want to do something i really started this business I, obviously i need to pay my bills but i also i want to do something good just i just want to do something good mm. and and give something back and uh um and so the more natural going back to your question the more natural you can be the more uh engaging um fun you know all of that it's all you know that's how i was at the studio and so i just try to carry that exact same persona you know, to the video side of things and keep it loose and keep it relaxed. And, yeah. and it's, that's a much easier way to learn. I know you do the, like the, the, you do twice a week, you do that uh, YouTube and Facebook live and yeah. that's really cool. Cause, I mean, I like sitting and watching, watching it anyway, cause it's like, I get to see you without seeing you, <laughs> but it's quite good how you're sitting there talking about a process like this week, I'm going to show you how to like, someone's going to jump, how an, the yeah. animation of jumping or how I'm going to draw a wolf, right. but you have that open channel of, ask me questions I'm, yeah. you know i'm here for you for the next hour yeah. to ask me the questions yeah. and it's quite nice because you do see lots where people go hey jump in and watch me for an hour <laughs> i can't stand those yeah. and i'll watch for five minutes and i'm gone yeah. <laughs> so yeah. i do like it to be a, an exchange i want it to be an exchange and yeah. a, uh, i love that it's a lot of fun one of the, the again going back to when we first kind of met one of the things that really struck me with uh, with yourself was something I did not expect whatsoever and that's obviously because I come from the photography side of it Dave comes from the design side of it but it was how much of a crossover 
there can be between you as a, a what I would term as a traditional artist mm -hmm. and photography and retouching. And it was the understanding of composition, light, shadow. And I was quite astounded by how much I was learning from your videos mm -hmm. to at the time when I was doing compositions. Yeah. I, think, I think they almost line up, if you take away technique, okay? If you take away the fact that I'm holding a paintbrush and you're holding a camera, they almost overlap completely. Yeah. The, the thinking is exactly the same. The tools are the only thing that's different. So if you can separate out technique and just go to the artistry, they're no different. They, they overlap completely. We're all looking at the same. Are we telling a story? Are we getting across the right expression? Is the lighting the right, is the yeah. right thing? Is the composition right? Or, you know, it, it, all of that. It was the lighting in your, in your stuff that kind of got yeah. me. I, the, I think the first picture I ever did that was really influenced by your stuff, there was, I was doing this animals project at the time, mm -hmm. and there was a, an adult elephant and a baby elephant stood next to this kind of watering hole, and I ended up changing the picture from its original one. Yeah. It was normally a daytime scene, pretty flat lighting. Right. I then kind of got to know you, and then I added in a um, like a sunset coming in just off screen, if you like. Right. And then I learned how then to put in, well, if the sun's coming from this side, this side of the animal would be bright, right. this side would be in shadow, and then you get the shadow going across there. And I would not have done that. And it was just, it's completely lifted this picture up. So that for of me course, was like, yeah. whoa, that's massive. I remember seeing... Um when we first met you and like start to look at your work and I remember going through your portfolio and I came across this one image and I thought oh he's not a bad photographer either he's got this really cool picture of a hippopotamus in playing in the water <laughs> and then I realized that's not a photograph <laughs> he's painted that yeah. god damn this man can paint better than I could have taken a photograph <laughs> of the same thing but it was it and I know a big thing for you that I remember you showing was uh, like sky and water and light and shallow yeah. and I mean the way you paint water it's like one of the hardest things I think and the way you explained it and, and then you did the brushes and the light it's but that logic. that image just completely like I know yeah. it's a cliche to say blew my mind but it was that's not a photograph. That's like, it's so realistic. Yeah. The, like the hippo was wet and the, yeah. the light and the shine and everything was just... Well, that's the thing. I mean, so many people think like painting art is such a right-brained, yeah. you know, it's so creative and you, it's all, it, it's artsy-fartsy, whatever. Uh, but so much of what we do, especially as a representational artist, is very uh, left-brained. You're thinking logic. You're thinking, you know, when I'm talking about water, I'm thinking about the logic of water. How is that surface refracting light at this angle? And then the weight, you know, you have a wave, so it's changing the refraction of light. And that light's going to change back here. And, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. You just think about, and I love that kind of thing. Yeah. And we're, and, and, and as you guys as photographers or designer, yeah. we're thinking, we're all thinking the same stuff. We're yeah. thinking the same exact thing. You, you always kind of, because um, both Dave and I are like, oh my God, look at that drawing you've done. And you're like, oh, anyone can do it, anyone can do it. And you're like, no way. You always have this thing where you say that it's not a born talent. Yeah. And, you're, and you'll probably say, no, you can still convince, you can teach anybody to draw. I'm 50 years old. I started drawing. I literally started drawing things that you could see, you could understand, like faces. When the Beatles were still a band and Jimi Hendrix was still playing guitar. <laughs> That's what I always tell everybody. So I've been drawing for at least 48 years. Yeah. And never stopping. So I've got 48 years on you. Yeah. But if you had been drawing with the same kind of dedication that I've, that I've always wanted to draw, you'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what... It just takes... You know, it, it's one of the things that gets under my skin when people come along and go, oh, man, I wish I had that talent. I don't have that talent. I just did it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you know? a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a nice pencil. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it just, it, it, it's like anything else. I mean, every, everybody has something that they're good at, and they're good at it because they did it a lot. So I, we've touched briefly on, this, on the photography then. Dave mentioned you kind of brought in the photography side of it. So yeah. Photography is also a big side of what you do. It's a huge part of what I do. All right, yeah. so why? Why is it? Well, I can go out, one of the things, there's several things that are very important to me when I'm out of my studio and I'm out in the world gathering whatever information I'm trying to gather to create back at my studio. So I'll, I'll do a lot of drawing and painting from life on location, but there's only obviously so many images that you can create at that speed. And it's much easier 
to go click, 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 and you've got a bunch of images. Now, I'm also thinking about my paintings and how I want to represent them. So I'm trying to, I'm looking at it, not just from a reference standpoint, but also from an artistic standpoint. And so I go out and I photograph as often as I can, especially if I'm going to someplace like Kenya on safari and I'm out there, I'm not just going to sit there and draw and paint all day and not take any photos and come home and all I've got are 10 paintings, you know. I've got to come back with 10,000 photos that I can actually supplement into that, that research that I did through drawing and painting, and then I can create, you know, later on. I also spend a lot of time understanding, just understanding the anatomy of animals so that I can combine the photography, the field work, and the, the academic learning, and you combine all that, and that's how I create, you know, mm-hmm. down the road in my studio. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's... I don't know. I've always loved. I used to have a dark room in my in my bathroom, and you know, in college, I did all of that. I love. Never done that. No. I, I, if I think if digital hadn't turned up, I would yeah. not be a photographer. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, it started out with my little black and white camera, and and doing you know, and when I was eighteen, doing you know, in in our bathroom. Yeah. Doing you know, photography or developing and all of that. Was that oh, at Dis- light and all that? Was that at Disney as well? Was that public? No, this was this was in college. Okay. Yeah, this is back in like 1987. Yeah, because I know there's that really cool photograph of you with the elephant that I love where he's got yeah. his trunk on your head. And yeah. I know you've shown us some pictures before where yeah. you've been out. Yeah. But um, yeah, and that's when I realised how important that photography side is because I guess you're, you're capturing light and time of day and water. Oh, and Yeah, and, it, and, and I'll never... I'll never um, can, can, can I just say, if anybody thinking, what is that noise in the background? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's if just, you can hear it. If you can hear this kind of like ringling up bell sound in the background, that's the that's Aaron's dog. Uh, that's Achilles. Aaron, that's his name's Achilles, as in Achilles heel. <laughs> Beautiful dog. So I just thought I'd let everyone know that. Carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and he, he has no care of us doing a little recording here. Um, uh, I forgot what I was talking about. Uh, the photography I said about oh, uh, going out and shooting with the elephants and, oh, yeah, yeah. and then shooting not yeah, just the animals so, but environments. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. So the one thing I was going to talk about. So I'll, I'll shoot. Um, I'll always shoot photographs to, to be able to come to have to refer to. I, I rarely ever will paint a photograph verbatim. It's yeah. just there as reference. Even though I am trying to compose it as much as I can, I'm... I usually think of an image in my head first, and then the photographs are tools to help me get the image that I have in my head. At the same time, it's super important for me to do my drawing along with the photography to draw from life because one of the things that happens, I'm a big advocate, and you hear me talk about this a lot on my website, about filling your visual library in your brain. And over a lifetime, that library can get huge, and what that consists of is sitting down and drawing from life because when you when you sit and examine something to draw it you're re, whether you re- realize it or not you rec- you're hyper recording everything because you have to get it to co- you know it's coming through your eyes into your brain it's being processed it has to come down your arm and come out of your fingers and you got to make it the same way that you're seeing and so it there's something that happens in your brain where it just it gets cemented in there yeah. and so when i go home um along with the photographs, when I sit down to draw a, a lion or a hippo or whatever, mm-hmm. um, it's already recorded in there. You know, one of the things, one of the examples I always use is taking a five-year-old child mm-hmm. and sit them down and have them draw a tree. Just draw a tree. And usually what you'll get from a kid is two bent lines with a big af- green afro on top, yeah. right? And then you say, okay, now, because they're drawing their, their symbol, the representation of a tree yeah. in their head. They're drawing what they think, not what they know. And so then you take them outside and you sit them in front of a tree and you go, okay, now draw this tree, look at it. And they're, they're going to draw like a five-year-old. They're not going to draw perfectly, but they're going to draw something different that's representational and that's going to be burned into their brain. And then when you bring them back inside again and say, draw a tree, they're going to draw it differently because yeah. that, that library has started to fill. Yeah. And that's what photography does that for me as well. But and then you know also drawing yeah. from life. All that adds up for that. There was something you said on the I think it was the, one of the videos we were watching that really interested me was obviously because you've got this Disney background mm-hmm. where 
like animals a lot a lot of the films are animal based right but they are um probably uh yeah they're pushed and you were talking about the coyote and you were saying like if i draw a coyote i know how it walks how it breathes how it will pounce and land and then you talked about pushing like the disney side and you referenced wiley e coyote and you said actually he looks nothing like a coyote (laughs) but there's that point between drawing a coyote and then pushing that disney version and you have to still get that movement and the behavior and the habits one of the things that we did when we made lion king when we i did raja the tiger and aladdin uh when we did brother bear the first thing we do is we we will we'll pull the crew together and we'll sp- spend months learning the real animal inside yeah. and out. It's and I, I'm a huge advocate of that. You, if you don't know the reality, then you can't abstract from it. Yeah. You just can't. You're creating something that doesn't exist. You know, it's our job. One of the things that I think Disney and Pixar, DreamWorks, I think one of the things they do so well in their films, along with creating great stories, the great stories are are great in large part because of believable characters characters they can get behind and i don't think you can create believable characters even if they're cartoony unless you've done the research you have to research that's a it's such a huge part of our process we spend months doing research and so for instance when lion king you know we would we brought the crew together and we'd uh sit in the sound stage big sound stage set up and we'd set up a big uh stage in the middle and they brought lions in, real lions, and they'd walk them around. We'd film them, we'd photograph them. We had photographers there, we had people filming, and then we were drawing. And we spent days doing that. They did it on Bambi. You know, if there's old footage of the nine old men and you know the whole crew sitting there, and you know, black and white footage of these deer running past them, and they're drawing, you know, and filming as they go by. And when you watch Bambi, Bambi, it's for as cartoony as Bambi is as a character, that's a real deer. Yeah. You can, you feel that's a real deer yeah. and that's what it takes. It really, there's, in order to create the quality that we want to get across and the believability, which translates also to that emotion and characters you want to get behind and you want yeah. to f- cry for and laugh with and um, all of that has to start with understanding the real yeah. thing and then you abstract from and it. And I guess the same goes for human behavior. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because if you look back and think of the Disney films, there's a high animal element in there yeah and it's that that's that meshing of those two worlds and bringing them together the human side of things and applying it to you know whether you're anthropomorph anthropomorphizing them wow Wow. we uh one of the things we mentioned as well earlier on uh i think it might have been yesterday that you touched on was the fact that at the end of this week you're heading off to montana Montana, and that's you're taking photographs you'll be doing all kinds of stuff what what is that all about what's what's the purpose well it's funny i i used to go if not i used to go every year sometimes twice a year uh i would go on some kind of backcountry trip matter of fact uh, when i was married uh we would take three vacations a year karen would take a vacation to europe or wherever she wanted to go she'd usually go to italy uh, I then we'd do a family vacation, and then I would also take a trip off to Alaska or Wyoming or something like that. So I used to do this every year, always f- photography and painting, you know, to keep my animal career going uh, alongside with Disney. Uh, and I haven't done it in a few years. I've just kind of drifted away from that, and so I've made it a point this year to get back to my roots and start doing that again. And so um, I'm just now cre- uh, completing or finishing up. Uh, a course, a drawing course on how to draw um, wolves, coyotes, and foxes. I hold a, a whole um, library of animal drawing courses. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's um, a place called Montana Wildlife Inc. I think, or is it Animals of Mon- Montana Wildlife Inc., I think is the name of the company. And they're in Bozeman. And so uh, on June 3rd, we're going in and uh, and for an hour, I get a grizzly bear. For an hour, I get a, a mountain lion. For an hour, I get a wolf. Another hour, I get a coyote. Another hour, I get a fox. So I got a full day of shooting uh, these really photographing. Great... Yeah, uh, yes, <laughs> photographing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's no, I will be photographing. They're in great shape. They're in great locations. Uh, and then on top of it, you know, we're going to be right there in Yellowstone, which is northwest Wyoming, and we'll be photographing wild animals as well. All right, so here, here's you saying then for 48 years you've been drawing. Yeah. 
And now you're saying at this stage in your artistic career, you're still taking time out to go and do that kind of stuff. Why? Because you never, ever, ever, ever stop learning. Cool. You never stop learning. Mm -hmm. Uh, As soon as you feel like you know it all, then give it up. So uh, it's, you're always, there's always something new. And, uh, and to me, that's just going out and doing those things. That, first of all, it's just fun for me. That's what I like. To You're do. an animal lover. I yeah, mean, just spending yeah. time around those kinds of animals yeah. is great anyway. Because yes. you've been... This is what I would do for vacation. Yeah. So what's cool for me is my, my work and my vacation are one and the same. Yeah. So that's, and, and even when I do go on vacation, I'm still bringing my, my art gear and photography gear and you know, I don't so, care if it's... So I guess I know the answer to this already, but regardless of the fact that you are a um, traditional artist, yeah. then we've got people like myself, photographers, people like Dave's designers. Is that something that you would encourage people to do regardless? Take time out to go and do, you know, researching and just... Yeah, yeah. it's, it's like part of... It's your arm. It's part of your body. It's, yeah. it, you can't not do it. I, I, to be I, the, to be the the artist that you need to be. I, I need to do it again. I mentioned it a while back that I'm doing this landscape project now, which is something that I've never done before. Yeah. And at the moment, where are we now on the twenty whatever it is of May 2018? I am terrible at landscapes, oh. but I've kind of made it this mission over the following 12 months to make it you know something that I can improve at. Right. And I, you know, I'm so looking forward to just going off yeah. to places like North Wales, Snowdon. And just having some me time, yeah. because that's not only going to be good for my head, but I know that it's also going to do what I need to do, is have like this recharge. Do you know what I mean? Your creativity will explode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll be, it'll, that, that's the other reason I would go and do these trips, because I would come back so inspired. You know, when you're sitting in the studio day after day after day after day, you know, coming up, trying to come up with whatever it is that you're coming up with, that's great. But at a certain point, you know, it's the the well gets low, you know, and you got to get back out there and fill it up again. I definitely have these um, peaks and troughs. Yeah. You know, we're only human. You do have these times when, and th- I know that after this particular trip, I'm going to be way up there on a peak. I, you know, me and Dave will go out to our hotel tonight and we'll be chatting about, right, plans for the future. We need to do this, this, this and this. And that's what this getting together yeah. is really important for me, especially. I find that it's a yeah. great motivator. I agree. So uh, going on from that, there's obviously yourself. You've kind of got this business now, you know, creature art teacher, the art of Aaron Blaze. That's what you do. But you mentioned Nick. Yeah. So it's kind of telling me that, you know, even though there's you who is the, if you like, the talent, mm-hmm. it is incredibly important to have a team. Yeah, it is a team. And, and, I know, I know, you know, I'm creating a lot of the content for this, so you can say the talent. There's so much talent on the other end, too. So it's, we, we are such a team to have what we have. I could not have the business that I have without having had Nick. You know, yeah. we, are, we are literally 50-50 partners. And so um, everything we do, we do together. Nick's going with me on this trip to Montana. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I love that. We, we were saying this morning when we sat down having a coffee when me and Dave yeah. went out that, you know, we obviously we've got to know Nick a little bit through the times we've met, all met up together. Yeah. And Dave said this morning, I would just love to spend a day just talking to Nick yeah. Yeah. because Nick is just this incredible, he's a marketing machine. I love that stuff that goes on behind because I, I see so many, coming from a designer in a marketing background, yeah. I see so many people try and create a business. Yeah without knowing anything about business, without realising this stuff, this kind of steady hand at the ship. Yeah. Is that because the creative can go off at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And I know when the times Glyn and I work together, I love that admin. I call it the, the, the admin of the job. Right. Is, and, I, and I understand what Nick is doing. Yeah. And I say, oh, I'd love to sit with Nick for a day. I, I, I totally see the importance of him because I think, I forget who it was who said it a while back now, that certainly on the photography side of it, you can be an incredible photographer but crap at marketing and make nothing. 
Yeah. Or you can be an average photographer who's great at marketing and make a fortune. Yeah. And that's how I see that thing yeah. with you and Nick really balancing out. Yeah. Obviously, you know, clearly you're you know very business minded as well. But we, I mean, we've. I remember once we were. Um, it's all stuff I've learned with Nick, though. Well, this is the yeah. thing. I remember being in the car with Nick. I forget where we were coming back from. There was loads of us in the car, and we're driving along, and Nick's on the phone to somebody. That's right. Yeah. And just off the top of his head, oh yeah, do this right. Okay, we need to strategize. Blah blah blah. It's like me and Dave were looking at each other. This guy is a machine. Yeah. But just just to show the importance of not thinking that it stops, it starts and stops with you. Yeah. It's not all about you. No. We all need help. Yeah, and it's are. not all about you. <laughs> it's not all about, get over yourself, Blaze. <laughs> get over yourself. But just just to show that it is, I mean, and that's something that, that's, I suppose that's in a way, that's why this to me is really important. And I know it is to Dave as well, how we get together. Yeah. Because it's not only, you know, getting together as mates and hanging out, but I leave here completely you know yeah uh, it's funny because i get i get so many guys that i've worked with through the, over the last 25 30 years um that are either still stuck i, I don't want to say stuck they're still in the studio world yeah. or they've left the studio world and they're kind of struggling whether they're going to do with their life and they see this business that i have and they've seen it grow over the last five years, and they won't. And they, it's sort of like, oh, I wish I could draw like you. Yeah. They come up to me and they go, man, I want to do what you're doing. And it's like, yeah, well, you need a Nick, first yeah. of all. And I explained to, <laughs> I explained to them, I said, this is not me. And they, and they walk away going, oh, I got to find a Nick. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got to spend, and then I got to spend the next five years building this thing up. Yeah. You know, no one sees the, the time, but it really does come down to, um, understanding that it's a team and it's not just nick i mean we've got we've also got steve we've got my son dustin yeah. there's four of us that are doing this business and everybody has a part of it yeah. you know dustin's doing his editing steve's writing code for the website um we've all got our jobs to do yeah you know and um and all of that comes together to, to create something yeah. that you know is good one of the other things that i know we've spoken about in the past and i don't know if you if you we won't name the film just in case you can't but you've almost become like the animator whisperer is that people now contact you when because obviously animation's changed and we're now looking at pixar and dreamworks and yeah. the way there's still a lot of animal related films and right. there's like the lion king has been uh, beauty and the beast was just recently done right. and you've now been in conversations where people are talking to you about we want your guidance on how to make this realistic and i know there was one particular film that you were involved in. Are you talking about uh, uh, Jungle Book? Yes. Yeah, yeah. you can say it. Jungle oh, Book's okay. coming. Have you seen the new trailer? The trailer's coming out. Oh, no. I've seen the, the first Jungle Book yeah, that the, came the, out, which isn't the, the one you Disney were talking version. to. This is the Warner Brothers version. It's called yeah. Mowgli. Is this the Jeremy Piven? No, uh, uh, the other guy. Uh, it's Christian Bale is, is Bagheera. Yeah. And uh, it's di directed by Andy Serkis. Oh, that's Andy Serkis. And Andy Serkis is doing uh, Baloo. He's also the voice of Baloo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, I was on it for about six weeks. I did a lot of the initial designs, um, for the animals. Uh, but there was a different philosophy on that, that we didn't quite jibe with. Yeah. And uh, Andy Circus is a great guy. Don't get me wrong. He's, he was wonderful to work with, but they were very, um, they were very, uh, uh mocap driven. And uh, which I come from hand-drawn animation, keyframe animation. And, and so we, we just didn't quite jive. So I focused more on design a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up just moving on. What did you mean by mo mo? Oh, I'm sorry, motion capture. Oh, right, motion right, capture. Right, right, right. I, I, yeah. And so, uh, and that's that's Andy Circus. That's Andy Circus, yeah. right? So that's his world. And and I'm and I think I, I'm really glad he got to direct this film because he's gonna he sees more of what the animators do as well. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not I'm really trying hard not to badmouth anything because it's yeah, yeah. it's just it's a learning process. And. Uh, um, and those, you know, there's there's the acting mo -ca motion capture side of things. Then there's the animators that kind of finish that out and they create what you see on the screen, along with the texture artists and the lighters yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it's really all of those elements come together to make the whole. It's not just one or the other. Yeah. And um, and so that's a big deal. And then the other cool thing that I've been able to do that we're kind of working on now, and it's not 100% yet, is being able to illustrate the the picture book that's going to be coming out with the new live action Lion King. Yeah. So what's nice about that is having worked on the original and then now being able to 
you know, they're yeah. doing the remake. Twenty that makes makes me feel old. Twenty <laughs> twenty five years later, or twenty yeah, twenty five years later, and uh, and you know, illustrating the. Book. What do you think about those remakes? Having come I, from that side and seeing, honest, the- you know, there's a lot of people that are against it. I, I love it. I really love it. As long as the stories are engaging and they're done well, and yeah. you're you're finding a reason to tell it in a new with a new rapper or whatever it might be. Well, it's a new generation growing yeah. up in this digital age. Is, is that they, you know, we've, I know when we've shown our kids old yeah. films and obviously if it's one of yours, they go, oh, Aaron works on this. <laughs> but there's a couple of cartoons that yeah. the girls just haven't, really haven't engaged with because yeah. although they're used to cartoons and animation is that, you know, the animation of the 90s was still so different to the animation. Like my first film was Aristocats. Yeah. Um, there's some films they, the girls have just not engaged with. And then when you get these newer versions, they just seem to be more engaged with those. Yeah. So looking at the, from the animal side of it, what's, what's your feeling of the new style of anime, like the, the new uh, CGI? Yeah. Do they get the animals right? If they do the research. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think there's, there's some that don't do enough research. And, and for me, it shows. Um, I thought the live-action Jungle Book was brilliant. I thought they did a great job. Yeah. Um, I've seen what they're doing with Lion King, and it's it blows my mind. Really? Yeah. I haven't I haven't seen the animation, but I've seen the models, the character models rendered, yeah. and um, it's a. I thought they were real lions. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just I just think it's incredible. So I think that you know as long as they're doing it right then and doing the research then yeah it's 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 good and i think you have to you have to be committed to it you know financially committed time yeah. you know time wise committed and it's also interesting to me if you really back away from it and kind of look at it it's it's exactly what we were just talking about with photography and traditional art you know we got the hand drawn originals and now we're switching over to photography and they're they're shooting it on film and telling the same story but with just with a different medium. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. So. When it, okay, so when it, when it comes to industry, then just, I'm trying to think of a way of bringing this in, but I'll just come straight out with it. Yeah. What do you see generally, and I don't know how you can answer this really, because it's such a big subject. That's right. What do you see being the main common mistake that people make in the creative industry who are trying to break into it? Nowadays? Yeah. Impatience. I was just going to say they want that instant success. I yeah, this is my old man side of me coming out, my grouchy old man. It's it's the it's the American Idol generation, right? Yeah. I, I can't tell you. I, I'm my one of my guilty pleasures is American Idol. I love watching American <laughs> Idol. <laughs> and, but the thing I hate is sitting there watching. You know, we get down, especially when they do the 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 live auditions. You know, uh, or not the live auditions, but the auditions. Yeah. And you get this 22-year-old kid that's going, it's my last chance, man. If I don't make it now, I'm never going to make it. The kid's 22 years old, and he's looking for instant stardom, yeah. you know, on this TV show. It's like when they go, this has been my lifelong dream. And you go, but the show's only been on eight years, and you're 26. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or she's What's 50, or, or it's a he or she that's 15, right? Yeah. So, and, and when you really back away from it, too, it's not their fault. They're, they're growing up in a generation where information is instantly accessible. It's one of the reasons I started my business, right? Yeah. So if I want to know, I mean, how many times we go, all right, who's saying such and such? Hey, Google, who blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's instant information, instant this. And, you know, and then they're multitasking. They're doing all these things. But there's certain things that you can't rush. You can't rush a craft. And I hate using that word. You can't rush experience. Experience, yeah. all of that. A relationship. That's another thing that this generation is kind of having a hard time with, right? Yeah. And so there's just certain things that take time. Yeah. And, uh, and it takes not a year. It doesn't take five years. It might take 20 years. You know, um, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now without having the 25 years or the last 30 years behind me doing what I was doing. Yeah. Um, when I go out and give lectures, and it doesn't matter... If it's in the United States, if it's in Brazil, if it's in Japan, I've given lectures all over the world and I always get, how do I become a director? I always get that question. Mm. Or how do I become an animation supervisor or, you know, things like that. And, you know, 
it's. I asked them. I said, "Well, how how does a professional soccer player become a professional soccer player? Yeah. You know, they don't all of a sudden decide, okay, I want to do this, and then a professional soccer player. No, it takes years and years and years of practice and." Mm. And have the you, art career is the same saying, way in photography. Ever heard of that saying, slowly, slowly, catchy monkey? Yeah. I don't know what the hell that means, why, why monkeys are in there, but that's basically, isn't it? I remember, um, I remember our youngest son uh, say, uh, we said to him, what do you want to be when you grow up? And there's a kid that, ever, you know, I wanted to be an astronaut. Right. Still do. And, uh, and he said, I want to be Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> and I obviously explained to me it wasn't a real job. But the point was he, he wanted to play Doctor Who. And he was, I don't know, nine, ten, you know. Oh, he wanted to be the actor to play the yeah, character. Yeah. But he wanted to be Doctor Who. Oh. And, and I explained to him that, okay, so how do you think the guy that became that has become it? Because, you know, what are you doing about it now? Have you joined a dramatics club at school? Are you doing anything to get you on that path? And that's where, not to criticise him, because he's a nine, ten-year-old kid, he just wants to be in the TARDIS yeah. and dress in the coat. But it's that thing of, I want to get to the finishing line without even learning how to run. Exactly. And I that, need to be there now. That kind of makes me think of that, um, you know, like you see a lot of people, we've talked about it, Dave, when there seems to be this culture of people wanting to have fame within the photography world or the design world or the art world, whatever that means. Because it's, you know, like well, a big so, fish in a very small pond. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and there's so much of that. They're, they're able to do that with YouTube and Instagram yeah. and all yeah, of that. The, yeah. the, 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 I know when we've talked about this before, this fame thing, people are wanting to conquer the world and get known and have this huge following on social media, this worldwide fame, right. when... Do their neighbours? Does their neighbour actually know what they do? You know, they're trying to they're trying to conquer the world before even local. You know, exactly, the, yeah. the local people who they right. know yeah. know who they are. So I, mean, I sometimes get asked. I talk about you yeah. to my friends all the time. It's like Aaron; he's a brother from another mother, and <laughs> and they kind of look at me like don't know the name, and then I say, okay, Aaron's worked on uh, this film and this film, and they're like, oh yeah, I know Lion King, and then the big one is. And he was the guy that animated the John Lewis advert with the bear and the hair. Oh, wow, yeah, I love that. <laughs> so sometimes it's the point of reference. They may exactly. not know who you are, but they know your work. Yeah. And then it's, you know, then like I've started as I've met you. I'm now looking back at your work and I listen to interviews and I was finding old podcasts yeah. to find out about you. And it's, you, you just can't get that fame like that. When you yeah. see your experience and you've talked about, you know, the years and years of doing it, it's a thing today kids don't understand how experience works. No. And you don't go after the fame. That's the thing. Yeah. The fame will just, and, and I'm using that term you're like loosely. You're well-known. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, um, yeah, I don't see it. Obviously, we don't see ourselves that way. But it, it's, it's just over the career. And I, when, now that I'm looking back in hindsight in 2020, you know, looking back, I go, wow, I can't, you know, when we were making Lion King, we weren't yeah. thinking, hey, we're making Lion King. Yeah. Matter of fact, Lion King was the second unit. Pocahontas, that was the movie to get onto. Oh, wow. And there was a lot of people that were disappointed to be on Lion King because we were the, we were kind of the underdogs. Yeah. So it was, and then it just became what it was. So I, when we started out, there, that's what people forget. When I started out in the industry, I started out before there was an animation industry. I just did it because it was something I wanted to do. That's what yeah. we all wanted to do. And through the process of, I always I have this lecture that I do called persistence of vision. Mm. You know, the the term persistence of vision is a term used in film. It's it's when you when you watch twenty four frames of film go through a camera, yeah. each image is persisting on your vision, and, bef and before the, as the next one comes in, and so your brain perceives that as as fluid motion, right? It's just a term that, that's used in film. But it's also, I like the metaphor for it being, you know, this persistence of vision and, and wanting to do this one thing in your life. And so I, I use this all the time in this lecture. And, and that's what we had. We just wanted to persist in, in being animators, being artists. We just wanted to be the best we could be. And the other thing, too, there was, we were a studio of artists. And so you're always looking over your shoulder and seeing what that guy's doing. It's like, oh my God, that's great. I want to try to do that. Yeah. And so we're always, we're all upping our game just by being around each other. Yeah. You know? And I love that because it kind of makes me think about how I feel about what I do as well is I'm never, when I'm never satisfied, when, yeah. I've, when I've got to a new picture, I'm happy with it. 
I post it or do whatever, right. then it's kind of almost forgotten, right, how can I now up my game and yeah. what's the next picture going to be like? Because yeah. you, do, you do see a lot of people who kind of rest on previous success, don't they? It's easy to do that. Mm. It really is. And you got to, I think, especially as an artist that's been doing it for a while, I think you have to really fight to not fall into that trap. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're the Rolling Stones, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> which means you, you know, fifty no, years on, you can still do the same old thing and you're doing all right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think because especially like I said, as an older artist, and then especially as an artist that works by themselves, mm-hmm. you know, it's real. And I find myself, I found myself recently doing that. As a matter of fact, I was talking to Nick. I was like, man, I feel like I'm just doing the same stuff over and over and over again. And uh, he goes, yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I was like, you weren't supposed to agree with me. And, uh, but, uh, and, and so, <laughs> but uh, no, he totally understood what I was saying. And, uh, and so I, you know, I forced myself to step out. I know it's like, okay, I want to start telling more of a narrative in my images and I want to start making them bigger. And, and, and so I was a conscious effort to do that. And I kind of broke out of a, out of a funk, yeah. you know, so you constantly, you know, when you're working out a studio, which is one of the things I miss about working in a studio environment you're always being inspired by somebody else. You're always seeing something new. You're always, I don't know, you're just bombarded by other people's amazingness. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's, you know, it's great working from home. It's great having my own studio, but I've given up that, that interaction with other amazing artists, at least the interaction of seeing them, you know, side by side, you know, face to face. Because we were chatting to Ronnie, who's one of your colleagues, who also worked at Disney with yesterday, and he was sort of talking the same way that, you know, he's still, that that was part of his life. So from the work you're doing now with Creature Art Teacher, you've now been doing it for, say, five 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 years. years. Have you seen any results from what you've done? Do you you get people come back and go, that was so awesome that you, Every day, yeah. Every day, yeah. That's it. It started out slow, but we literally get emails every day saying, which was a part of our mission statement. I was talking to you about earlier, saying I can't afford college. These these lessons have helped me so much. Thank you so much. They're so uh, easy to understand, and um, and like you said, worldwide, not just the US. Well, we've we've sold. How many countries are there in the world? It's something like two hundred and. A lot. 10 yeah. countries in the world or something like that we've sold in 195 countries wow yeah <laughs> so yeah so it's really cool that we've been able to kind of have that kind of spread around yeah. the world and it's neat to go to chile yeah. and show up at a con- uh, at a talk and there's a full house that wanted you know that yeah that, uh, people that know who i am you know, through these lessons and through these courses, and because they've taken the course. Yeah. And cool, the animation is still, hand-drawn yeah. animation is still yeah. an industry. I guess. Well, see, that's the thing, too. That's the thing that blows my mind still to this day. I just got back from a trip in uh, China, Singapore, Myanmar, and uh, South Korea. And I was there talking to kids from four years old all the way up to 18 years old. How many was it you said overall? Kids that you- oh, probably, I, I would say four or 5,000 kids that yeah. I talked to. You know, it was 14 different stops. Yeah. Everybody knows the Lion King. Everybody knows Mulan, especially Mulan. Yeah. Everybody knows Beauty and the Beast. And these films were done 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really cool to... Um, to have been a part of something that was that iconic, it's the, it's and then I could, yeah, and then I can, yeah, I've been totally riding their coattails, yeah. <laughs> totally doing it. That's been a big part of me getting out there. But you, you've, you're working on a short yourself, aren't you, at the moment? Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a, a, a hand-drawn animated short called Snow Bear, and it's about a, a polar bear that lives in the Arctic, and he's really lonely. He can't find any friends, and so if you can't find a friend, you make a friend, yeah. and so he makes a snow bear uh, yeah. as his, as his companion. And the other project that you did a little while ago that I absolutely loved and my girls loved, and it made them do it as well, was the Cloud Monsters. Yeah. But if anyone, uh, Google Aaron's Cloud Monsters, because cloud they were, yeah, cra- yeah they just, that was one of my favorite things that you've done. Oh, thanks. Was because that we was... all do it. We, it. There's a word for it, isn't it, when you see something in a shape. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, and we all we all lay back and look at clouds and go, oh, look, can you see the elephant? And then yeah. you did this project that was just... Yeah, I was. I, I, you guys got to visit me when I was living on that house on the beach, yeah. and 
and I was sitting out on that deck one morning and looking up and I saw this cloud and I just saw this creature in it. I went, ah, oh, cool. And I grabbed a camera and clicked on it. I said, maybe I'll do a drawing over it. And it just turned into this thing. Yeah. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun. So. And it's something everyone can do. Yeah. You know, like you said, even learning, you still found this other thing to do. Yeah. And then you start, and obviously your experience makes the, the creatures yeah. look, but we, you know, me and the kids were doing it. Yeah. And it's so, it's, it's, such it's a lot of fun. And I think it, it, it teaches kids to, to see things differently and, yeah. and use their imagination and all of that. One of the, it's almost become a tradition with, uh, with these kind of chats that we have with folks. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring it into this one as well. Um, loves and loathes. We haven't, loves yeah, loves. I haven't, I haven't kind of given you a hint into this, <laughs> but it's, ba- I, um, what do you love about the creative industry? And what do you, not necessarily loathe, but what do you wish was maybe different about the creative industry? So let's start with, what do you love? I love, just, well, uh, this is a corny answer. I, it's a cop-out answer. I just, I love the process of creating. I love when you get into that mode and you lose track of time. Mm. Time doesn't exist. Nothing else exists except yeah. what you're doing. And all of a sudden, three hours, four hours have gone by and, and it feels... Yeah, exactly. You're off Facebook. Um, there's something about that that is magical, yeah. and that's it's you know it's 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 like a drug addiction in yeah. a way. I mean, that's it's an addiction to getting when you when you reach that nirvana, whatever it is. It's you. It's just fun to be there, and I'm still like a little five year old kid. I can sit down with my box of crayons and I can disappear for three or four hours in, in my imagination and, yeah. and do that. Um, Which, if I might just butt in there by saying, after 48 years of doing yeah. art, to hear that you're still in that position where you are thoroughly enjoying it and you have that escapism, that's great to hear because yeah. you do hear of people who kind of like, they've, yeah, and they've reached a plateau, they're not enjoying it so much and so on and so forth. That, yeah, I was going to say real quick, the different mediums help keep that. Because yeah. I'm still learning. I'm always learning. You know, the next frontier we want to go down is VR. I want to get into that world and, and try my hand at that. Yeah. Just to, I, I love the idea of learning. But that's probably you. Okay, so you doing something using a different medium with what you do to create that, still have that enthusiasm, excitement, and all that kind right. of stuff about what you do. That's probably similar to what somebody in my position is doing to saying I take portraits but I want to learn a bit more about doing landscapes so it's pushing me out of my comfort zone to learn something new and so on and so forth but you're also I mean I've seen you doing drone footage now too and I love that I mean you could what about filmography and you know that sort of thing it's it's wide open I'm learning illustrator again because I've been traditional hand Exactly. Then, then that evolved into Photoshop and my background was desktop publishing so I like doing like that's why I like the marketing I like that creation of the, the stuff that you need to do what you do and now I work for a company that sells plugins for Illustrator I'm learning Illustrator but my job is to research other designers and other artists right. and I'm seeing such a different well like we, we talked about Drew Struzan the guy that yeah. did the film posters and that there's a new generation of those kind of people that he's the reference right. and I'm seeing people create artwork using a tool right. that goes from hand drawn into a program and every they're all different but the medium that they're creating for is one of the things I love is screen print yeah. because like you've got posters of the films but yeah. I was talking to a designer and he said yeah I love creating art but you're kind of restricted by them the output of it so i'm learning how and what it's the project i want to do is i'm learning how to create artwork for a specific medium which is screen printing because you can only work in x amount of colors and shape that every day i'm just learning something else and seeing another piece of incredible artwork and it makes me want to learn it and do it and I know I can do that for the next 10 years <laughs> exactly even though I'm very old <laughs> that's all right I mean I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna draw and paint till I die I mean I know that um so it's like your sticker I mean Glenn's just got some new stickers and it's that the top line is keep was it keep enjoying the process which yeah. is what you just said yeah, exactly so that's that's the fuel right? so what's the loathe so the loathe yeah so uh you probably touched on it a little bit with the instant gratification kind of thing. Yeah, that, I think that's part of it. I think um, there's things that I, I, I love. I love the ability, you know, I don't necessarily love social media, but I love what it does as far as being able to get work out. Yeah, um, yeah the ability to share. Yeah. Um, 
the, you know, obviously there's a dark side of that mm -hmm. and there's a lot of a-holes out there mm -hmm. that are hard to deal with. And, um, and that's the part I just, and it's, it, it's, it's not as bad as I'm making it sound because in reality you just block that person and yeah. you never see them again. Right. It's easy. Um, but I, so just before you carry on, you just made me think of something about what we've said before is you wouldn't walk up to someone in the street and say to their face what you would on social media. Right. And I remember us having a conversation about, I, the, I went to Disney and part of the Disney tour that I did was to walk through the animator studio and we worked out you possibly were in there right. when I was walking through. Yeah. And that would be like me knocking on the glass going, your Mickey Mouse sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you can't draw me. <laughs> That's true. And you wouldn't do, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yet people feel it's acceptable on social media to, yeah. to, to say you suck. I know. I, I don't get it. Um, so it's, it's that and... It's just, well, it's, it's all part of that. I mean, I, it's a necessary part of the business that we create. It's why I created the business, but it also, it takes me away from actually sitting at my desk and creating it because that's, that's, at the end of the day, that's the little kid in me. That's what I want to do all day. I, I don't bring up the loathing side. We don't bring up the loathing side of it to bring any kind of negativity into this kind of interview. But I try and do it as a bit of a positive, really, because it's, it's interesting to hear that when we've asked people what is it that you loathe or wish was different about this industry so many times people are mentioning something to do with social media yeah so i, I kind of for, for folks who think oh i know you shouldn't bring anything negative into it i want to kind of make sure that they realize the reason we're asking this is because here's you aaron blaze directed brother bear was one of the animators for lion king so on and so on and so forth very very well known and established in the industry and in the world of animation mm -hmm. you still get negative comments so okay. if John Smith, who lives with his mom at home and he's got his little room upstairs where he does his YouTube channels and he gets negative comments, it's kind of there to show, look, don't worry about it. You're not yeah. the only person who gets this. Aaron yeah. Blaze gets it. Well, it's funny. And, and it's, it's, you can have a thousand thumbs up on YouTube yeah. and two thumbs down and you're going... Why is there two thumbs down? Yeah. <laughs> Glenn had a thumbs down. He did a live feed once and he'd got a thumbs down before it even started. And then, and then there was another comment where what Glenn used to do is because I said, the one thing I hate when people do these live videos is the first two minutes is you, is you watching them looking at all the screens to see it all come online. So Glenn used to do a five minute start. Like I'm going to five minutes early. I'm just going to do that. Let you know I'm here. Is everyone coming to him? We're going live at eight o'clock. Um, and the guy complained after yeah, it, it was, done. Uh, but yeah, why do I have to watch the first five minutes? He could scrub through it. There was literally a countdown clock. And it's, you know, but that was only for when it was live. So once obviously we know that, because you do the YouTube yeah, lives, yeah. YouTube then upload it, don't they? And people watch it. Right. And I had to start saying at one point, uh, for those of you who aren't watching this live at eight o'clock on Thursday, blah, 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 just jump forward five minutes. Because I was getting people complaining, if this isn't live, why have I got to sit here and watch this? <laughs> so my wife says, you've always got to play to the lowest common denominator. <laughs> well, I just, I just posted uh, a thing on, on social media, Facebook and Twitter. But I posted it on Twitter specifically, and I got notes back. So what, the, what it was, was uh, it was just some animal drawing notes. So uh, it talked about how I break up an animal's body into several parts and the way I think about it. And all my notes were handwritten. You know, and they're all handwritten and in cursive. It's how I write. You know, it's how most of us write in our generation. And I got, I think, three or four. The first comment was, uh, the next time you do this, please don't write in cursive. I have a hard time reading in cursive. I was like, <laughs> okay. The next one said, I don't read cursive. Please print next time. <laughs> I was like, what? It's just stuff like that. And, and it's, trust me, I, I mean, I, I can see people that have bad handwriting. You can read my handwriting. Yeah. It's just cursive. But it's just, it's just an example of... I love that I don't read cursive like I don't eat meat. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. It's just, uh, I don't read cursive. Yeah. <laughs> Please print next time. So, so what next for Aaron Blaze? We are, there's a whole bunch going on. Uh, the, the biggest thing is I want, I want to just keep doing what I've been doing. I think we have a long way to go to build what we've been building. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I would love to, within five, ten years, become a fairly major educational hub uh, for art students on the Internet. Uh, the way we're going to do that is I'm going to continue creating courses myself, but we're also, in the last 
uh, since December, in the last six months, we've started bringing other artists in that I that I admire uh, to also teach courses or create courses, yeah. and um, and we're going to carry them as well. So we've already got like Chuck Williams, who is my uh, we we work together. We're both co-directors. Um, uh, when we were at Digital Domain after Disney, and then at Disney, uh, he was a producer, I was a director, and so we've done a lot of story work together, writing, and so he created a course on script writing, story. Um, we're currently doing a course with uh, our friend Lyndon Ruddy, who's he's been a story artist for Disney, for Dream, uh, uh, Sony, uh, he's at Blue Sky now. Uh, he's worked for Disney in the past, or uh, not sorry, not Disney, but uh, uh, DreamWorks. Uh, Dream. I think he's done a little bit with DreamWorks, but he was with uh, Digital Domain again with us when uh, on, when we were doing Tembo, um, and he's doing a whole course on storyboarding. Yeah, I've got Ronnie Williford, who you mentioned earlier, who's done a color course for us, and he's got, right now he's in the process of doing a plain air painting course for yeah. us. So we really want the the site to grow. Um, Would accreditation come into that at some point? See, I don't know yet. We've talked about it. Um, I'm not quite sure how to go about that yet. Um, I'm not sure. And I don't know. Me personally, I don't think that does anything. Yeah. Other than, hey, here's a piece of paper that says yeah, I yeah. did this. Um, but it might be important for someone else. So we're looking at the value of that. It'd be nice if on their CV that taking your course carried. Yeah. Oh, okay. You've done the Aaron Blaze. Yeah. And we've actually had that question a few times. Is there any kind of a, you know, we've had probably 50 or 60 times we've had yeah. someone ask that question. Um, and, I mean, we want to start giving back more. We want to start, we've been talking about this for the last couple of years, creating scholarship funds yeah. so for kids to go to school. So we want to do that. And just doing more of what I've been doing, getting out and doing more travel. Not I want to back away from the lecture circuit yeah. that I've been doing around the world and get back to more the, the nature travel and that sort of thing. Yeah. There's a lot of things we want to do from the road, um, broadcasting from the road, filming on the road, that sort of thing that we, yeah. we have kind of in the pipe. And then creating more content, content uh, film content, like yeah. um, uh, Snow Bear and things like that. Yeah. So where can people find out more about you then? Where are you? So uh, the website, obviously, is creatureartteacher.com. That's the URL. It's the art of Aaron Blaze. And then all of my social media is Aaron Blaze Art. Yeah. So it's all, uh, it's all Aaron Blaze Art. So that's my Instagram, Twitter facebook youtube all of that yeah cool yeah. well thank you very much it <laughs> sounds so formal but uh we've wanted to get you on this since we started obviously no, do you know great. what i mean I but really uh i am sure we will get you back on it's an excuse for us to come and see you yeah. again let's face yeah. it well let's do it let's have uh, uh i'm determined to do this within the year to get over to uh, you guys yeah. so yeah so we'll get over there i'll do a painting trip over there and we'll do another one well, yeah. Aaron Blaze, our other brother. Yes. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, guys. It was awesome. Yeah. He shoots, he draws with Glyn Jewis and D. <laughs> Leighton. <laughs> Come on. Right, three, two, one. <laughs> right, I'm good, I'm good. Go, go, right, go for it, go for it. Hi, well, uh, you talked over me. I didn't. One, two, three, go. Uh. <laughs> so hard. That's what she said. Oh, right, ready, go. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. This is number 22. <laughs> <laughs> I can't look at you. Sure, <laughs> And you were looking down, I couldn't I look at you. All oh, right, okay. okay. <laughs>